Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Well, it's a good day to be in church, amen. I'm glad to be here. Glad that you guys are here. Packing out the room. Come on, 1130. Listen, we got one more announcement uh, that, that I wanted to extend to you. Um, we, we're launching Your Place College this fall, and uh, we're super excited about it. And, and we have a full-time program that's for uh, people 18 to 24 that just feel called to, to step into full-time ministry. Uh, but we actually are launching a evening program as well that we're super excited about. So if you're over the age of 24, you're mad at us because we capped it out on age. Um, listen, this is for you. You're not old, you're just a little bit more mature in life. Um, it has nothing to do with how old you are, but if you do feel this, this calling to full-time ministry and want to be a part of our evening program, you can go to yourplacecollege.com and, and you can find more information there. I don't have very much time. i got to jump into the message. And so John chapter 10, write it down if you're taking notes. John chapter 10, 1 through 5, Jesus paints this picture um, of a shepherd. And, and, he, and he's giving us this illustration with the shepherd and the sheep. And, and the sheep that he's referring to at this at this. Um, the way they would do it is, is a shepherd would have a certain call that he would give to his sheep and then he would walk and the sheep would just kind of fall in behind him and they'd follow the voice of their shepherd. And, and, and Jesus, he gives us this analogy in John chapter 10 and, and it's a little bit different than, you know, herding cattle, although I'm, I'm sure that the, not the vast majority of us in the room actually herd cattle right now. Um, but it's, it's a little bit different than trying to corral your kids, you know, like when you're, hey, hey, don't touch that, don't touch that. And, and we, you know, we try to, to herd them in. It's a little bit different. The shepherd would just go before them, and the sheep would follow. And, and, and what Jesus is referencing is that he's the shepherd and that his followers are the sheep. And, and he makes this statement. He says that the sheep know the voice of their shepherd. In a voice of a stranger, they won't follow. In fact, they will turn and run from the stranger's voice. And then I want to I give you this another passage in Matthew chapter 4. It's in 1 through 11. I'm going to paraphrase it. So Jesus goes out into the wilderness, and, and he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And then at the end of it, the dude's hungry. I'm hungry. Anybody hungry? All right, we'll, we'll keep it quick. Um, he's hungry. And so the devil comes to him. And he's got these rocks. He says, hey, turn them into bread. And Jesus looks at him and, and he says, well, for it is written, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And the devil's like, ha, 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 all right, all right. And so he, he, he takes him and he takes him to the temple and he brings him to the highest point of the temple. And he says, well, if you're really the son of God, jump off, for it is written, Listen, this isn't Jesus that's saying it. The devil says it. The devil says, for it is written that he will command his angels charge of you, concerning you, that they will lift you up in their hands, that you will not dash your foot against a stone. The devil quoted that to Jesus. Can we clarify that the devil is not oblivious to Scripture? He knows Scripture, and he will use it against you. 
But in this, this series that we're in and, and being spirit-led, what I keep hearing and, and what I've heard for years is how do I hear the voice of God? I just want to hear God's voice. I want to, I want to hear God's voice. I, want to, I just want to, I want to hear Him. I want to hear. And, and we're so consumed with this, this concept of hearing God that I think we're out here chasing voices. But if you're not careful, what you're going to find is you're going to start chasing the wrong voice. Because the devil can use scripture too. I want to point this out. Eve did not sin because the devil was like, hey girl, <laughs> I got this fruit for you. <laughs> you take a bite of it and uh, you know, everybody gonna die. <laughs> it's gonna be great, take a bite. <laughs> no, what he said was, hey, I've got this fruit. And if you eat it, you will be like God. What he did was he, he was, he was playing off of her desires, not for rebellion, but to be more like God. And if we're consumed with chasing voices, but yet we don't know the voice of God, listen, I'll, I'll say it this way. You wanna hear the voice of God? Get into the word of God. The words that he's already spoken, because what's happening right now, for a lot of us, we would be up on top of that mountaintop or on top of the temple, and we hear the devil start quoting scripture, hey, jump, because hasn't he commanded his angels concerning you that they'll lift you up? A lot of us were like, man, that's good enough for me, I'm out, and we jump, you know, that wasn't the right move. But if we can't deter, distinguish the difference between the devil's voice and God's voice, we're just gonna be led astray. Stop chasing voices and get into the word of God. This isn't even my message, this is just a little bit bonus because I think we're so consumed with the thought of hearing God. But listen, if you don't know the word of God, then you don't know what his voice sounds like. And a voice of a stranger, we will not follow. And if God's voice is strange to you, then you're not gonna follow it, but that's the voice you need to be following. And so in order to know God's voice, you gotta know his word. A little bonus for you, that's not even in the message. But there's another group of people in the room, and I'm convinced it's not about the ability to hear God's voice or even the know-how. You know how. You're able to hear the voice of God, but you're not willing to hear the voice of God. And in my remaining few minutes, I want to talk to you on this thought of casual Christianity. Casual Christianity. Can we pray before we go any further? Father, I thank you for this moment that we share together. And God, for every person in this room, God, for those that are watching online, Lord, whether it be live, whether it be two months from now, Father, I pray that at the sound of my voice, God, that every person that hears it, Lord, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Father, I pray that our hearts would hear the word of God and God, it would be revealed to us as truth. Lord, that we would see it and Father, we wouldn't just hear it, but Lord, we would act on it. God, open up our hearts to hear and to receive from you in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say, come on like you mean to say amen. Amen. So I was a, uh, I was knee deep in conspiracies the other day. Um, and by knee deep, I was like shoulder, some points submerged in conspiracy theories. It was bad, okay? Like it's, I got a little bit carried away. Y'all, there's some crazy conspiracies out there. There's like, you take this symbol, and then you take this symbol, and then you take the square root of 2,563, and then you get Satan. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? Like, they're, they're out there. Like, there's these crazy people. And I'm like, I'm like, what does this symbol have to do with this? Why are you combining symbols? What made you think of this? Girl, I know it's not just Coca-Cola in that cup, okay? You know, like, there's some crazy things going on in our world. And, and, and there's a lot of things that are true. And, and there's a lot of chaos that's happening. 
We, we still got COVID going on. We have racial tension happening. We've got sex traffic. And, and we've got this, this, this election year. We've got some kind of pizza scandal. You know, and the people laughing. That's my, there's my conspiracy theorist right there. There's a setup. Now I know where you're at. We in this together. We in this together, okay? I'm in there too. It's crazy. But there's all these, there's all these voices that are like, do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? Is this lethal or is it overhyped? And, and racist or not racist? Speak up, stay silent. Believe this, don't believe that. Do this, no, don't do that. There's all these, these, these Biden, Trump, and other sex trafficking on top of all of it. There's this chaos. And as I was submerged in conspiracy theories, my soul began to get a little bit overwhelmed. Because this is what happens when we, we focus more on what's happening in the world versus what's happening in the word. My soul was a little bit overwhelmed in it. If I could be completely honest, my frustration started to build up towards humanity. And, and, and I think we, we at times get guilty of this. We're gonna point our fingers at people and we wanna be disgusted with people. But what's happening with this humanity issue is the symptom of a deeper rooted issue called sin. It's not a humanity issue. What we're seeing in our country right now, and in, in the world right now, is a sin issue. And, and Ephesians 6 says it this way, it says we don't fight against flesh and blood. It's, it's not a person-to-person -person fight. That's, that's not where the battle lies. It's a, it's a spiritual battle going on beyond the things that are seen in the spiritual realm. And, and we gotta wage war in the spirit. And so last month I had this, this pain happening in my, my neck. I don't do well with headaches. I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily enjoy headaches. I'm not really sure anybody who does. Uh, but I had this headache and it was like right here, I could feel it. And I woke up and, and I was trying to ignore it. I couldn't ignore it. So I took a couple ibuprofen, it killed it for the day. It was good. The next morning I woke up and it was back. And I was like, are you kidding me? I thought this was over. So I took another couple ibuprofen. The next day I woke up, it was back. And at this point, I knew what was going on. Like I knew, I knew the, what the issue was, but I don't want to take time to fix the actual issue. So I just took a couple more ibuprofen and about after five days, I was like, all right, I got to stop taking ibuprofen. I got to actually fix the issue here. So I drove to Locust to the chiropractor. Shout out to Dr. M. <laughs> I lay down on the table and, and he grabs my neck and, and he, and he, and he pulls it up, he's kind of moving it. He's like, oh yeah, yep, yep, it's locked up. And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I know, I know. And, and he grabs my head and, and he pulls it up and then to the side, it kind of felt like he wanted to twist and pull my head off from my neck. Very uncomfortable. And, and, and then he looks at me, he says, all right, drop your head. I'm like, what do you mean drop my head? And he just like, man, it sounded like tree branches snapping in the back of my neck. It was crazy. And I was like, ah, oh my gosh. It hurt a little bit, as miserable as it sounds. But look at this motion. Y'all see this? That's freedom right there. You know what I'm saying? Look at that. Look at that mobility. No more ibuprofen. I knew what the, I knew what the, the issue was. And for a lot of us, can I pass you for a moment? We got to stop just looking and being outraged at the symptoms. And we got to face the root of the issue. Listen, tomorrow, tomorrow is not the day to deal with sin in your life. Next week is not a good time to deal with the sin that's going on in your life. Today, today is the day that we need to deal with the sin that's going on in our life. Because listen, sin 
will always overpromise and underdeliver. It'll take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will always cost you more than you're actually wanting to pay. Listen, it's not, it's not a humanity issue. What's happening right now is a sin issue. And what we have as a society, the generations before us were very legalistic, and they had this legalistic view of Christianity, but this generation now is consumed with grace, and grace is good. But what's happened is we have this concept that we can play around with the blood that was shed. And so instead of asking Jesus what we need to give up, we're trying to see what we can keep. God, three beers doesn't make me an alcoholic. It's not sin, right? But then three turns to four, four turns to five, and we begin to blur the line. God, I'm not cheating on my wife. It's just pornography. God, the government doesn't actually need to know how much money I've been making. And what we're doing is we, we, we start to blur the lines of purity, we start to blur the lines of holiness. And what we're doing is we're pushing back the boundaries of purity, pushing back the boundaries of holiness, but it's still expecting the blessings of God. Amen. Come on, stay with me. Let me pastor you for a moment. We're pushing back on the boundaries, but we still expect to receive the blessing from God. We can illustrate it this way. So Jamie, it's raining outside, you've got an umbrella. I don't want my curls to get wet, okay? When they get wet, they throw out. All right, I got it, I got it tamed right now, okay? But it, I saw last night, I had this crazy fro going on. I'm gonna stay underneath the umbrella. If Jamie's got an umbrella, it's raining outside. As long as I stay underneath that, we're dry. My hair's staying dry, your hair's staying dry. We're good. But if I start to just walk off, and I just walk a little bit of a distance, and what I begin to realize is I'm actually being exposed to the elements. If I was to turn around and be like, dude, what are you doing? I'm out here getting wet. Are you, what's wrong with you? What you thinking? You'd be like, dude, I'm thinking you're crazy. But what I'm doing is I'm pointing my finger, like what do you, J Jamie didn't move. What happened was I stepped out of the covering and got exposed to the elements. We're doing the same thing in Christianity. We're stepping out of the covering of God and we're beginning to move a distance away, being exposed to the elements of culture, to the world, to the issues that are going on around us. And we want to point a finger and be mad as so we look to God and say, God, what are you doing? But he hasn't moved. What's moved is, is our definition of holiness. What's moved is, is our boundary of purity. And we've pushed it little by little, by little, by little, until we're no longer in this closeness with God. Listen, God's not against you. He's still for you. You've just moved out of the covering of God. Is this making sense? Are you getting, come on, give me some feedback. We got this, we have a purity issue. We got a holiness issue happening in our world. And, and I love what James chapter 1, verse 19 says. This is my dear brothers. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth. Not part of it. Don't be asking, what can I keep, God? Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. 
And then it says this, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Don't just listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Because what we think, I love what George Bernard Shaw, he has this quote. He says that the biggest problem with communication, the biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it has happened. And I'm convinced that the biggest problem within Christianity is the illusion that we think we're better than we actually are. Because I read my Bible, I go to church, we assume that we're good, but you can read the word and not act on it. And what's happening is when we begin to just read the word and, and you wake up and tomorrow I'm gonna do my daily devotion and it's gonna be great and ah, oh, Jesus, woo. You know, we, we post about it on Instagram and whatever, whatever what, the daily devotions that we do, it's, it's great, it's great, it's great, great. But if we're not acting on the word of God, what we're doing is we begin to deceive ourselves. And we start to think that we're better than we actually are. We're just, now we have an honesty issue. We're not even being honest with where we really are in our walk with Jesus. And listen, my heart is not to condemn you. My heart is not to judge you. But I wanna get down to the root of the symptom. 1 Corinthians 12, or 10, 12, it says that if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Hey, if you think you're standing for, if you think you're doing good, be careful. Be careful that you do not fall. And, I th and, and for some of us, maybe we don't have the overwhelming sin issue. Maybe the line of purity hasn't been skewed in our life. Maybe we simply have stopped progressing. Maybe that's, maybe that's all, we just stopped progressing. I was out on the lake with Tyson, uh, my brother, Last week, and, and I've got this theory, you know, everybody knows at 25, a man's frontal lobe fully develops. And, and out of the frontal lobe is, is, it's, comes your voice of reason. And so what I've, what I've come to discover is before 25, you have to talk, your talk yourself out of things. After 25, you start talking yourself into things. And so like, I'm not trying to get boring and stale in my life. And so I'm out here on the wakeboard and I'm wanting to do something crazy, do some backflips. I've never done a backflip in my life, but I'm starting to try, I'm trying to talk myself into doing something crazy. And so Tyson is my wakeboard coach and, and Tyson's on the boat and, and we were idling and then he kills the engine cause he's gonna coach me on how to be a better wakeboarder. And, and, and so he's like, I right, mean, yeah, you gotta square up your feet. He's got a you know, shirt off because Tyson never wears a shirt. He's like, you gotta square up your feet. And, and, and when you hit the water, you just gotta, you gotta stand up. And, and he's going into all this detail of what I'm doing wrong. He goes, you're kind of leaning too much like this and, and, and not enough like this. And, and he's giving me the whole scoop on how to be a better wakeboarder. And, and I look behind him and, and the boat is drifting towards this bluff. I'm like, hey, Tyson. Um, he's like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. This is what you wanna do. And he goes on to coach. And I'm like, Tyson, we're kind of, we're, we're floating towards the bluff. <laughs> and I'm, I'm starting to panic a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're gonna hit this. The boat's gonna sink, dad's gonna be mad. And, <laughs> I'm like, Tyson, pay attention. And, and he's just looking at me. He's like, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But what happened was he killed the engine. And as we began to idle, the current, the current took us. For a lot of us, we thought we were good enough and we killed the engine. But the issue is we've got our back turned towards where the current is taking us. And so we don't even see the danger that we're heading towards. 
because we've turned a blind eye towards it. Listen, it's not about perfection. That is not what we're chasing. Listen, we understand that perfection is unattainable, but we do want to be a church that is constantly progressing because just like this, what we've done is we've stopped idling. And it's not you can just stop idling and you stay put. No, when you stop idling, the currents of culture, the current of the overwhelming pandemics in the world begin to pull you away from the things of God until you are no longer under this covering. And it wasn't anything that God's done. It's what we have. Are you following me today? David writes in Psalm 51. He says, create in me. A pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. He says, don't cast, your, don't cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I'm convinced in a whole series of being by, led by the Spirit and Spirit-led that it's not that we're not able to hear from God. It's not that we're not capable of hearing from God. It's that we're not willing to be led by God. What, what might he say? What's, what's he gonna say to me? Is he gonna judge me? How's he gonna respond to the things I've been doing? I love David, David says, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And then look what he says. He says, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. This, from this point right here, David recognizes. He says, God, listen, I've kind of skewed the lines of purity. I've kind of been pushing back on this, this thought of holiness. But what I need is I need restoration in my soul. But here's my promise to you, God, as soon as you restore my soul, I will not just keep it to myself. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to pass it on to every person I meet. And what David was doing in this moment, he was going from being the issue to being the solution. Can I tell you, church, that there's more to life than what you're living currently? In the, in the struggle that you're dealing with, the sin that you're justifying, the mistakes that you said you would never do again, but you keep on making them. Listen, can I, can I tell you there's so much more that God has in store for you than what, the way you're currently living. Right. Worship team, you can come back up on stage. When I was 17, um, I lost my virginity. And, uh, and from that point on, I, it kind of spiraled me down a path. I, I faced ad addiction for a few years, and um, I was raised better. I was raised, I knew better. It wasn't a reflection of my dad's parenting. It was a reflection of me just being stupid. And I remember I, I, was, I was 21, and so it had been, you know, four years since, since I had lost my virginity, and, and the weight of it was just, a, it was a lot. It was a lot. And so I, I decided I was going to have a conversation with my dad and let him know some of y'all wouldn't even have a conversation with your, listen, my dad is your pastor, okay? Like this is, some of y'all wouldn't even have a conversation with what you've done in your life. And, and it's my dad. And I sat him down and I said, dad, this is what's going on. And I just unloaded everything. 
just unloaded everything. And, and I just began to weep. My dad looks at me, he grabs me, he pulls me in, and he hugs me. He says, son, I've never been more proud of you than in this moment right here. He said, can I tell you that the past does not define you, that better days are ahead of you? And I said, dad, you're not mad? He says, no. My heart just breaks for the guilt and the shame that you've been carrying. And in that moment, I saw the character of my God. Some of us, we've been avoiding God because of what he might say. Can I tell you what he's gonna say? I've never been more proud of you than right now in this moment. The past does not define you. The days to come are better than the days that are behind you. Listen, your best is yet to come. He grabbed me and he prayed over me. He said, son, I love you. I'm proud of you. And if you would actually get real and be willing to go to God and say, God, this is what I've been dealing with. This is where I've blurred the lines of purity. This is where I've resisted holiness. What God would say to you is, listen, the past does not define you, and you've got a greater future ahead of you. The generation before is clean to legalistic. It was this legalistic view. In other words, they were so consumed with truth. This generation is so consumed with grace. But listen, just as much as we need grace, we got to cling to truth. And the truth is, listen, I didn't follow Jesus because I wanted more of the world. I didn't follow Jesus because I wanted more of what the world had to offer me, what more of culture had to offer me. I followed Jesus because I wanted to genuinely be transformed into the likeness, into the image of God. Amen. Jesus extended grace and then said, listen, there's a better version of you if you would just come after me. Right. Let's stop resisting. Stop trying to push boundaries and still expect the blessing of God. I want more of who God is. I want more anointing. I want more grace. I want more love. I want to be consumed with all that Jesus is. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, for if any of you are in Christ, your new creation, behold, the old is gone and the new has come. What's it saying? You're not the old you. It's a new you. But some of you are still acting like the old you. Because we're not willing to allow. Listen, why did you sign up to follow Jesus in the first place? Was it not so that he would transform you to be the best mother you can be, to be the best spouse you can be? To restore your heart from the things that have been broken? Maybe some of you, purity was stolen from you at a young age. Did you not follow Jesus because of what he could do for you? Can we stop blurring the lines and just run back to the arms of Jesus and the covering of Jesus? Because the issues in this world are not humanity issues. They're sin and they're prevalent in the church 
And so the church is supposed to be the hope of the world, but the world is looking at the church seeing nothing different than what they have out there. Why would they want our hope when it looks exactly the same as their hope? Right now in our county, right now in this town, right now in this room, we got people hurting. Parts of them are dying inside. They're crying out for help. Crying out for help. They're praying, God, send somebody. Just send somebody to help me. But the person that they're praying for right now is still trying to blur the lines of what sin actually is. Is it actually sin? No, listen. There's a greater purpose for you. Somebody is praying that you would enter into their life. Somebody is praying that you would come and rescue them from the addiction. Someone is praying that you would come and rescue them from the abuse. You're the answer to prayer. Can we stop blurring the lines? Can we stop pushing back on holiness? Hear my heart. It's not to judge you. It's not to condemn you. But my heart is that we would be a church, again, not a perfection, but one that progresses. To refuse to just stay put. 2 Corinthians 3.18. So we're being transformed into the likeness of God with ever-increasing glory. In other words, I don't make the decision to follow Jesus once. Just like when I married my wife and I gave her my vows, that, that those vows weren't supposed to last the length of my marriage. It wasn't supposed to last forever. What I gotta do today is I gotta choose to wake up today to love my wife and to serve my wife and to pursue my wife. The same is true with your relationship for Jesus. It's not a, I made, the, I made the decision, we're good, I've got this fire insurance, I ain't gonna burn. No, 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 listen, it's more to that. It's that today I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna say, God, I need more of you because who I am, I'm prideful, I'm full of lust, and I can't do this on my own, but God, what I know is that in my weakness, your power is made perfect. God, in my struggle, your power is made perfect in the battle that you're facing with addiction. In the battle you're facing with anxiety, with the lust that you're not telling anybody about. Listen, if you would run and you'd get honest before God, what would begin to happen is he would take that weakness and he'd turn it into strength. Strength that doesn't come from us, but it only comes from the Holy Spirit. Come on, it's a call. It's a call to raise our standards. I don't want to look like the rest of the world when I was never meant to. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the first thing they thought to do was to get these leaves. And they sewed these leaves together and, and they covered themselves. Any hunters in the room? Anybody knows what a, you know what a ghillie suit is? It's designed so that you would blend into the surroundings. Yeah, homeboy Adam created the first ghillie suit ever. He sewed these fig leaves. Why? Because he looked different than anything else in the garden. And the sin built this insecurity. And so then he realized that he was different. He realized that there was something different about him. But because the sin was overwhelming, what he did was he began to blend in to the rest of his surroundings. Can I tell you, listen, you're not meant to blend into your surroundings. You were made to be different. You were made to help people. You were made to bring hope to the world. You're made to be, to be a light into the darkness. 
That's the plan that God has for you. But we got to surrender. Are you getting this? Can you hear my heart? Because this is God's heart for you. Listen. God's not mad at you. He loves you. You're doing better than you think you are. You're here at least, yeah, at least you're at church today. At least you're at church. There's still something inside of you that, that's desiring something more. Right before Jesus went to the cross, he's in the garden and he looks at his disciples. He says, hey, pray for me. I'm about to do something pretty big. You don't know about it. It's kind of a big deal. It's just gonna change eternity forever. I just need you to pray. Walks away, Jesus is praying. He says he's sweating blood. Y'all ever sweat blood? I never sweat blood. He's sweating blood, he's overwhelmed. He comes back, he sees the disciples. They're sleeping, they're asleep. And he's like, um, was it, was, was the task that I asked you to do hard? Why are you sleeping? Wake up and pray. You don't know what's about to happen, but I need you to pray. And he goes off and, and Jesus prays more and he, and he comes back and the disciples are asleep again. I'd hate to be a church that's asleep when the Lord needs us to pray. And he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Listen, your spirit is desiring the things of God. Your spirit desires the presence of God, the word of God. But if, but if we haven't built up our spirit, then, then the desires of our flesh will outweigh. Listen, temptation, it's not a test of your self-control. Temptation is a test of your relationship with Jesus. We get mad and we want to discipline ourselves. Oh man, I, I gave in again. That's it, I'm grounded from soda. So I'm gonna build up my self-control. No, 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 no. It's a test of your relationship with Jesus. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And when we, we become stewards of the word of God, we begin to build up our spirit. And when my spirit's stronger, it's not that the desires of my flesh fade away. It's just that the desires of my spirit outweigh the desires of my flesh. No longer is that, that, that addiction as desirable as the presence of God. Are you following me? Can we get back to a standard of holiness and purity and see what God would do within his church and see how the church can truly change the world? Can I pray with you? Father, I pray over every person in this place right now. Father, for those that are watching online, and Lord, right now, God, as, as we sit here, Father, I pray that you begin to bring to surface the issues that people have been justifying, God, the things that we've been trying to cling on to that we really just need to let go of. Father, bring them to the surface. God, as, as David prays in Psalm 139, Lord, this is our prayer today. It's God, that you would search our heart. God, that you would know every thought within us. Father, everything that is offensive with inside of us, Lord, pull it out of us. And God, but don't just leave us here. Father, I pray that you would lead us into a place of everlasting. God, that you would strengthen our hearts. Father, for those who, who purity have been stolen from them, Father, I pray that you would restore purity. God, that you would restore peace. 
Father, for those who've been overwhelmed with shame and with guilt, Father, I pray that you would lift it off their shoulders. And God, that they would see that they are a new creation. Lord, that the old is gone. The old is gone. And the new is come. Lord, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in this place, and maybe you've been skewing the line of purity, and you recognize it, you want to get back to Jesus, maybe you're in here and you've never had a relationship with Jesus, then I want to give you an opportunity to come into a relationship with God who truly loves you, who wants to lift the weight of guilt off your shoulders. And so if that's, if, if either of those are you in this room, just where you are, no one's looking around, just raise your hand. Just say, that's me. I want to I have a relationship with Jesus. I see your hand. Thank you. I want to have a relationship with God. I'm, I'm choosing to come back to you. after me. Romans says, if you'd confess in your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you'd be saved. And so we're going to do it together as one church, one body, for those that are making that decision to repeat after me say, God, forgive me. Come on, say with your heart, God, forgive me for all the sin that I've gotten into, for the boundaries I've pushed, for the impurity within my life. I'm asking you today to be the Lord of my life. And I'm choosing to live for you this day on. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray right now over every person that made that decision. Father, every person that raised their hand. God, the ones who didn't but made the decision within their heart. Father, I pray that as they leave here today, God, that you would strengthen their spirit. Father, that you would, you would help them grow in their faith. God, that as they go through life, Lord, that there would be nothing that would overcome them or overtake them. But Father, I pray that in their weakness, your power would be made perfect. Father, I pray holiness falls, God, and, and that we as a church would take up the standard of purity. Father, we would run after you with all that we are and be consumed with who you are, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.